Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. It is time for another one of our Blue Room Extra Previews. Here on the Blue Room. It's Friday. It's glorious weather out and Everton are back in action. Tomorrow, most likely in that yellow kit. We've been looking ahead to it um, in terms of what we're going to offer potentially and what the opponents are going to offer. Uh, Early this week, I spoke to Rob Vera on our transfer podcast as we do every week over on the Blue Room Extra and we had a chat about Connor Cody and what he might bring to Everton and his previous connections with a less desired team across the park and how that's not really been a factor for a lot of people in regards to this, which, of course, is a good thing. Uh, we also spoke to Sam Tag, who is from the Football Ranks podcast, all about Aston Villa, what we can expect from them. What has been quite a chaotic summer for Steven Gerrard and his side and has been a little bit chaotic in the build-up to it as well. So if you enjoy these podcasts, you want to hear them in full, along with a ton of other content we've had out this week, it is patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Uh, you can get multiple shows throughout the week. Um, my voice is just about recovered as well. Good news for the weekend <laughs> after Saturday and shouting at the Chelsea game. So it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Works out about a pound a week. You get all that content. And we're building up to the season. We're building up to the end of the transfer window. And we'll be covering everything. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast. The first voice you hear, the voices you'll be here will be mine and Rob's. And then I'll be my chat with Sam a little bit later on. Speak to you soon. Hopefully we'll see you over on the Blue Room Extra. I haven't seen many people talking about that at all, to be honest, like on, on Twitter and stuff, like his affiliations with Liverpool. Oh, not anymore, no. And, and I think, and I think, <laughs> and I think the, the reason why is, and I'm trying to compare this to, but obviously it's a bit de- different because Benitez is obviously much more steeped in, you know, Liverpool history. Yeah, one trophies and all that. Just contrasting the two, like Benitez is very understated, isn't he? You know, if you... If, you, if you've got the job of your dreams or a job you don't really want, if he's getting interviewed when he gets it, he's going to speak and talk the same. I think Cody in his interview, the way he spoke and the way he put himself across and how he spoke about his family and stuff, and he did use those dreaded words, I know the city as well. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said them in a, in a way which was, was different and sincere, and you could sort of feel the enthusiasm coming through when he, when he was speaking about it. It wasn't a case of, 
this is a player that feels like he's going back to to Merseyside and you know everything they're going to do him a favour because he's by his family. Like he seems sincere, sincerely and genuinely excited by the prospect, and I think that yeah in itself. And you know, it, it's doing things as well. Let's let's you know let's not kid ourselves. Let's talk about how his kids were running up and down, you know, the, the living room because they're made up because one of them plays for Everton. I think his wife put a picture of all the kids in, in everything kits and stuff like that. You know, those things straight away are just really smart, good moves, aren't they? To, to get yeah. to get to get people on board with this. And he just he seems genuinely made up to be here, which didn't really seem like the case last summer when we appointed but he says if you get what I mean. And I think that's how people take to him extremely quickly. Well, and and let's also be clear, and, and I'm aware of this, and if you're um I, I always sometimes throw this this little caveat out if you're um, kind of new to this and you're new to uh, especially like my, you know, uh, you know, Americans uh, or people who don't live uh, in, in this particular part of the world. There's a couple of things to be aware of. So the distinction Matt makes, I think, is important because one is the the the, the guy who literally managed the your your bitter rivals to trophies and to all of this particular type of glory. Right. The other is a much more common thing. I mean, even Connor Cody talked about how, you know, he's got a lot of family who are blues. Uh, he has got like, and that's, and if you get to know people on Merseyside, as I, as I've been very fortunate to be able to do over the years, uh, mi- there are mixed affiliations inside families constantly. That is a very common thing. And so, um, you know, for him to have, like, you see it sometimes where a father is a red and their, their sons are blues. Like who knows why things, those things turn out the way they do, but um, you don't really, I mean, Connor Cody is, is from the, you know, that part of the world. And so it's not, uh, none of that seems too crazy for me. I just, I do think that, I think it's okay to just say it's all right that he is not necessarily a, a you know, he's not a, uh, not been a, a blue supporter most of his life. He, he hasn't been, but he he's playing for us now. And there's literally nothing you can do to support Everton more than literally to be playing for Everton and performing for Everton. Right. Uh, though I'm sure someone would debate, some would debate that with some of our players, but um, I no, I think Connor Cody, um, you know, the more you, you read about him I look I love um I love high character guys I think that um there are certain players who you know make up and this is not a, a dig at, at Cody's ability necessarily it's just that I think that there are some players who are greater than the sum of their parts because of all the in, the intangibles that they bring to a dressing room um I, I do sometimes think that uh we at times uh think I think we we sometimes just throw the word leadership about very liberally and say anyone who was ever a captain somewhere well they're we're bringing in leadership and I would say be careful of that I've I've been sucked into that too I I believed that Ashley Williams and Michael Keane and Guilty Sigurdsson as former captains were going to be a certain type of personality and I was wrong but by all accounts Connor Cody is absolutely kind of fits that bill um and uh this and, and and as we talked about before, Matt, when we talk about transfers, um, leadership is not something that can that only needs to be 
at a club can only just be one person that that comes in and oh they're the leader and then that's sufficient leadership needs to be something that is um that that exists throughout multiple layers of the squad uh it needs to be multiple players holding other players accountable because some players don't have that personality and that's fine but it is probably unfair uh to put all of that on one single person even if you're only can name one captain and so more leaders hey man i'm i'm all for it you you hear similar things about the leadership potential of onana who we'll go on to talk about as well so good characters good personalities uh everton certainly need more of them and from that standpoint uh and the fact that he's going to fit into lampard's uh back five system i i think it's a no-brainer of uh, given the terms with which uh, connor cody was brought in i don't know that we know the the loan option fee i, I know the the 12 million figure was thrown out there but i don't know if that's actually the the figure man i think there was a piece yesterday from the local walls press saying the uh, the the only detail that was sort of emerged was that they can't recall him from it. Mm-hmm. So, he is Everton, but unless Everton cancel the loan, he is going to be with Everton for, for the entire season. And yeah, I think the the other thing which maybe excites is the wrong word because it's quite you know speak about defence and defensive solidity <laughs> is not the most you know invigorating, stimulating topic. But I think what what else is, is positive about this Rob for me is that you know it's Conor Cody and James Tarkovsky might not work as like two prongs in a, in a central defensive tree. You know, that, that can happen sometimes. You know, they might not form a good relationship, you know, what whatever. Yeah. But I think what this does at least finally give Everton is in theory, and looking at the record of both of those players in terms of their injuries and the fitness and, you know, not getting suspended, which is, you know, can be a risk for defenders sometimes. This in theory gives Everton the best chance they've had in a while to build some cohesion and build some stability because as much as we're both fans of Yerry Mina, the lad can't stay fit. Right. And I think when you're trying to build a defense and you're you've sort of got this figure there who you know you really like, you really want to get in the team and you're rushing back into the team when you can because you think right this time he's gonna play 10 games in a row and this time he's he's looking in great shape. And then you make all those plans and you build some relationships then you've got to take him out of that. Sometimes that can do more harm than good. And as much as maybe James Tarkovsky or Conor Cody haven't got as high a ceiling as me, you know, when they're all on a football pitch playing at their absolute best. If you can play Conor Cody and James Tarkovsky together for 30 games in a season. Yes. That is a valuable starting point in the quest towards making Everton a much more defensively cohesive outfit, I think. No, Matt, I think that's a great point. And to, to kind of even take that a step further, I would say that it's the difference between like, I, I certainly rate, um, I, I certainly rate Yeri Mina's overall talent very highly, right? Um, and I think in a one-game scenario where everyone is fit, yes, I could say that uh, you know, in a that I want the most two most talented like if I had the choice, I'd say Mina and Tarkovsky, right? Like in a back four situation, think they'd be great, whatever. The problem with that is that you're talking about a very limited scenario that has to do with like a game here or there. But what you're talking about, I think, is an astute point. The ceiling for Everton's season is higher with more uh, consistent availability amongst players that may not collectively be as quote unquote talented, 
but are there, right? So for instance, it's it, you only need to look at last season. Uh, when Yerry Mina played, uh, our points return, and this has been true since he's been there, our points return is significantly higher. But the problem is, is that behind Yerry Mina, because he's not available, are Mason Holgate and Michael Keane, and therefore the drop-off is so huge. If you have Connor Cody and James Tarkovsky and whomever is that third, uh, I think, I think uh, you know, for, for now, Holgate's going get, to get a run. Um, if you have that for an extended period of time, the ceiling for the season is higher than the ceiling for what we just obviously just saw. And so, you know, from that standpoint, I look, I, I certainly can get on board with that. I think sometimes people think <laughs> I don't like, I don't, you know, I just think that, that I don't want anyone there, but him, I want, what I want is for a player, you know, for Everton to have the most talented player also be the most fit player. Unfortunately, that's just not always the case. And so therefore what you have to find is what if I can get a guy who is 90 to 95% of that, but he is available 40% more or whatever the number is. I, I don't want to exaggerate it, but like, you know, that makes a difference. Availability durability these things matter and they are the difference between trophies and titles and just you know normal seasons now again we're not it at the trophies and titles stage but we are going to you know the the it, we sometimes talk we, we talk a lot on this show about talent and talent is certainly important long-term potential is important but talent is just a theoretical concept if it is not available. You know what I mean? Unavailable talent is as valuable as uh, uh, unavailable lack of talent. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like, so availability is a huge part of this equation. And so um, without trying to, um, uh, to, to curse them, uh, James Sarkowski and Connor Cody are highly available fit players. Long may it continue, for, especially for this season. There's, there's a lot of noise around Villa at the moment, and it's sort of. I just find the whole situation very, very strange. I mean, let, let's just let's just start with the the big story that's been developing over the last few weeks in regards to the Tyro Mings and Steven Gerrard. I think Gerrard made a decision towards the end of July that he was going to change captain. John McGinn obviously being instilled. Mings wasn't in the side last weekend, and it, it's just been something that seems to have been accepted by the player, certainly on social media publicly as well, but. Behind the scenes, it seems to be rumbling along and is causing a bit of a distraction. I mean, what 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 kind of distraction and what kind of impact do you think it's had on Villa at the start of the season? Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely not to blame for what happened at Bournemouth. Um, that's a separate story which we can come to, but specifically on Mings. I mean, look, this has been foreshadowed for li literally all of 2022. Um, basically, towards the end of last season. There was a question to Gerard about the captaincy and about Tyrone Mings, probably in about March or April, I think it was. And Gerard was, was it was he refused to commit to Mings, and he didn't say that he would drop him, but he didn't say that he would keep him. And his reply was something along the lines of, "Well, I didn't appoint him," and obviously it was Dean Smith that made him captain post Jack Grealish. So that was the first warning sign. And obviously, over the course of the last year or year and a half, Tyrone Mings has made, unfortunately, quite a lot of errors that have led to goals or shots. 
um, and his concentration does unfortunately fail him at times. He can have some great games. He's excellent defending the box, um, but there have been one too many or two too many um, errors leading to, to great chances and goals. And it's been it's been a bit of a killer for Villa. It's probably the thing that's held them back the most. They've shooting themselves in the foot and Mings is a key part of that. So I had a feeling that they were going to look to upgrade that area in the summer and they've acted extremely quickly by signing Diego Carlos from Sevilla. And Carlos is a left-sided centre-back. So again, there's your second warning. And then pre-season rolls around and of the four centre-backs that are able to take part, which is Concert and Chambers and Carlos and Mings, Mings is by far the worst performer. Like, by far the worst. He retains the armband while he's playing, but he plays really badly. And he looks he's made to look quite bad by Diego Carlos, who's playing next to him, or Concert or Chambers. And so rolling around to that first week, it was incredibly obvious that this was going to happen. He was going to have the armband taken off him because Gerard didn't, he doesn't want to play him. It was all of the moves over the course of 2022 have been Mings is getting dropped. And it's quite hard to drop your captain. So you probably have to take the armband off him first. So that's what's happened. And it seemed to be accepted by the player, as you say, on social media. But what's happened in the aftermath of the first game is obviously there've been some, some bad, there's been some really bad defending. Some Villa fans on Twitter have said, well, that would never have happened with Tyrone Mings. And the others have gone, well, hang on a minute. It's just one game, blah, 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 blah. And then Paul McGrath's waded in, man. Paul McGrath. I saw He's, that, yeah. You know, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I mean, imagine Gerard when he saw what, what he heard about that much. He thought, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the last like, thing you would have needed. The, like the, the player that, for, you know, for those listening that don't, don't, don't remember or don't understand what, you know, Paul McGrath is regarded as, as probably Villa's greatest ever defender. Um, He's referred to as God. He doesn't get called Paul McGrath. He gets called God by the Villa fans. And he's one of the only players from from a long time ago that has a chant that's still sung at Villa Park every single week. Um, He is everything to Villa. And when Paul McGrath, God, one of the greatest defenders in Villa's history, weighs in and says that Tyrone Mings would not have let that defensive capitulation happen, yeah, it starts to send a few shockwaves around. So... It's been a bit, it's got messy. I thought it was going to go down without much of a hitch, but after what happened against Bournemouth and then Paul McGrath speaking on Twitter, it's ramped up again, as you say, and it has got a bit messy. I mean, from what you've said, they obviously it's been on the cards for a while. Should he have not just done this at the very end of the season, Gerard, or very end of last season? And then you go into the summer, the decks are clear. Or, or do you think maybe it was a case of, like you said, with those new sign ins and, and Ming's not playing particularly well? He's kind of looked at it in a different way and thought, I'm, I'm going to kind of give the player enough rope to hang himself with, if that makes sense. It, I, I just feel like if, it was, if he was going to do it and he was set on doing it and he, he would have probably known that someone like Carlos was, was going to be coming in, then just, just box it off at the end of last season and then he can go into the, the new season with a fresh start. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe he did want to give Mings that kind of, uh, that opportunity to, to prove him wrong. You know, here's your competition. Um Here's your here's your chance to to step it up again. I mean, bringing in Diego Carlos, you know, the, I guess there's two schools of thought there. Like, here's a new man. We've just spent 25 million on him. He's played Champions League football for the last three years. He's actually been a part of La Liga's best defense for the last three years with Sevilla. Um, we've brought him in. He plays your position. So step it up. Let's see your reaction. And maybe he wanted to see the reaction. Um, maybe he wanted to see if Mings would would be galvanized by that. But that wasn't the case. Like he. He made loads of mistakes in preseason. He looked really sloppy. And then all three of the other centre-backs made him look bad by comparison because they were all really good. 
and the reality is like I, I, like obviously we don't know like it's hard to say what the right call was because we're not in the room we're not in the on the campus but the reality is for for anybody that is is genuinely wondering about this like it for, for me Tyrone Mings is Aston Villa's fourth best center back and he shouldn't be in the team unless there's a bit unless there are injuries and suspensions and it's it's hard to justify that player being captain um because surely you want your captain to be playing unless it's like Francesco Totti at age 37 which is a different kettle altogether you want your captain to be able to influence on the pitch right that's that's kind of the whole point of it um and he shouldn't be on the pitch so that's kind of where I'm I stand with it not everyone agrees with me but that that's that's uh, that's about half the villa fan base's viewpoint and I certainly subscribe to it sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.